It's a big weekend for the conferences. It's the Vancouver Resources Investment Conference. The 2023 Outlook Show is on downtown at the Convention Centre. One of the many presenters and speakers uh, joins us now. Danielle Park is president of Venable Park Investment Council in Toronto. She is a conference presenter. She's on stage as part of a panel tomorrow and has this, a presentation on Monday and then part of the wrap-up on Monday afternoon. So it's great to have her with us. And Danielle, good morning. And welcome. Good morning, Sterling. What a pleasure to speak to you again. Well, it's great to have you with us. And I just need to let our listeners know you are the author of one of my favorite books in the entire money biz. Back in 2007, (laughs) you wrote a book called Juggling Dynamite, an insider's wisdom about money management, markets, and wealth that lasts. And here you are lasting lo these many years later, and now being a presenter and a panelist at this weekend's big Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. You're a panelist uh, tomorrow, but your presentation is on Monday, just after lunch on Monday. And you're going to talk about what happened last year, the tightening that we all felt acutely during 2022, and how the after effects of that are going to linger, not just for this year, Danielle, but beyond. Not the happiest messaging, I suppose, in the world, but facts that people need to understand. So without giving away the store, what are you, uh, what are you projecting, especially for 23 in these early weeks of January? Well, it's, you know, the tightening cycle has actually been an essential and healthy development, in my opinion, because we were at zero rates for almost a decade, which spawned all manner of very destructive activities and behaviors in people and in the economy in general. So the tightening cycle itself, a lot of people are mad at the Bank of Canada for raising interest rates, and I hear that sentiment because they feel it's, um, you know, it's hurting people that are in debt and that sort of thing. But actually, I was angry at the Bank of Canada for leaving rates at zero for a decade and really, right. as I say, incentivizing all these things that have cost us in the form of asset bubbles, for example, in the form of unaffordable housing and all that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. So the fact that they started tightening it was you know if you'd have asked me this time last year did i think that they would have the chutzpah to normalize interest rates within you know 10 months i would have thought it was impossible Hmm. but thanks to you know various uh shocking events like a pandemic and then also the invasion of the ukraine which is awful in itself but Hmm. you know thanks to mr putin we had this inflationary impulse that went through the economy and forced the hand so to speak so the first time that inflation has really been a persistent issue in many decades gave sort of political cover for the central banks to take back power, as it were, Sterling, because they knew Mm. they were powerless when rates were zero. And so by hiking rates back to a normalized level, and today, you know, the Bank of Canada hiked this week to, you know, four and a half on the overnight rate, which is about the highest since 2007. Now, my point would be that that banking uh, impacts to monetary policy like that, whether tightening or or loosening, work through the economy at a lag of 12 to 24 months. And so, yes, the people that had floating rate felt the impact of this really quickly on their debt payments. So if you had a variable rate mortgage, prime rates in the banking system, a HELOC, um, that sort of thing, felt the impact over the last 10 months. And there's been a great credit crunch 
for debtors with floating rate debt. However, the rest of the economy tends to have fixed term debt. And for that reason, we know that monetary policy is felt through the economy with a lag, as they say, of about 12 to 24 months. And so the fact that the Bank of Canada has hiked up until this week, Sterling, and is now saying that they are they think they may pause, right. the reason they're saying that is to, to let the, the tightening that, that's already been put into the system work through and do its magic, so to speak, in sense of slowing inflation and slowing demand, slowing the economy, that sort of thing. So it would be very unrealistic not to expect those, uh, that slowing to continue for at least the next year. Um, as that's already in the pipeline. And sure. a lot of people think that once they've paused, oh, good, that means they're going to cut rates again. In reality, the average time elapsed between the pause of a central bank tightening and the first rate cut is typically just about five months, Sterling. So we shouldn't expect them to go back to cutting instantly. If you think about it, that makes sense because they know that the tightening they've done hasn't even yet made its way through the economy. So it would look kind of farcical if they turned around and start cutting, you know, the month after they, they sort of uh, did their last hike. So there's a timeline here that will move along, and it'll continue to be felt through the economy as new debts come up to be renewed, and it's a liquidity crunch. And I think it will continue to pressure things like housing, because right. as they say, it's harder to get financing, it's harder to renew, uh, it's harder to qualify. So we've seen that sales and housing sales have been falling, as you know. Prices yes. have been falling in places like the Great Vancouver and Toronto area where I live where the prices went up a ridiculous 50% during the pandemic so that was all unsustainable mm-hmm. and people ended up with very unaffordable housing so I think we should expect that trend to continue and historically sterling when you get um, the the pause, as I say, of about five months, and then the central banks go back to te- to loosening at that point, typically because the economy is slowing very rapidly and unemployment's rising. Typically, you're in a recession. And at that point, you will start to see uh, them begin to cut rates, and the stock market usually doesn't bottom until they are nearly done their cutting cycle. And that would be about a year typically after they paused. So we shouldn't expect stock prices to be bottoming for a little while here yet. And typically, treasury bonds or government bonds rally during that cutting period. And we should also expect that weakness in housing could last up to four years, believe it or not. The Bank of International Settlements did a study in 2018 that showed that you could see a, um, that, that t- prices typically fall for a period of years after you get a recession and, and a major uh, hiking cycle after a bubble. So that's kind of the, the landscape. Okay. So uh, not all the time in the world here, regrettably, Danielle, because you're a fascinating interview, but what about buying opportunities? One always looks for the upside in these somewhat dire forecasts. And even if we're leveling off for a stretch, there still have to be a few opportunities in the mix, Do you, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. So the very positive things that have happened, it's savers are getting an advantage here. At the same time, of course, debtors are finding it harder, but those that have been saving and have basically been punished for the last decade with very low yields, high risk, and not a lot of return are in a a position now where cash is paying again. So cash in the bank, GICs, bonds, we can buy the safest government bonds with yields that are above 3%. Um, uh, so that's all very favorable. Um, the, on the other hand, the equity side, as I say, 
for those that have cash or put cash aside today, there should be another cyclical buying opportunity, you know, at at lower valuations than have been available in, in a long time. And that could happen uh, later in 23 or early 24. So it's a question of, you know, um, you have to be careful about prices you pay for things. As I say, on the, on the real estate side, in terms of the bottom of that, we may not see a bottom in prices in some of these particularly hotter areas for, you know, it could foreseeably go on for a couple of years. Mm. So again, that's all good knowledge to build up cash, build up savings, know what you're looking for, do your homework and be ready to buy. Okay. So again, the more knowledge that you can absorb and the more tuned in you are to the long horizon effects of these short-term measures we've all just gone through. It's important, I guess, that the takeaway from this message and presumably from your presentation Monday afternoon at the big conference, Danielle, is no rushing and pay attention to details, right? Sure. And, you know, the time to really have paid down debt was before this rate spike. But this is still another opportunity for people to understand the benefits of being debt free or being having as little debt as possible and saving again and putting money in the bank, building it up, um, compounding interest. You know, those are all excellent habits to learn that will serve you forever. All right. Lots more information. Great information, too, at Danielle's excellent website, jugglingdynamite.com. Welcome back to Vancouver, Danielle. Enjoy your stay here. We'll talk again. Thanks, Sterling. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.